The Jericho Network on Westwood One. This is One on One with Mitch LaFond, the podcast where the rockers talk, part of the Talking Metal Digital Podcasting Network. Now, here's your host, Mitch LaFond. Welcome to this episode of One on One with Mitch LaFond. Joining me from Devil Driver, it is a singer and frontman, Dez. We talk about their Bound by the Road tour, featuring also Death Angel, Winds of Plague, The Agonist, and Azriel. We also look back at all kinds of other fun things. Before checking out Dez, please head over to Twitter and give me a follow at at Mitch LaFon, M-I-T-C-H-L-A-F-O-N. And uh, with that, here is the one, the only, from Devil Driver, Dez. We are speaking with Dez of Devil Driver, their new Bound by the Road tour hits Montreal February 16th, and of course, uh, all over North America through February and March. Dez, always, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me on. Real excited about the tour, and uh, everybody's been really coming forward, giving their support, so thanks for having me on. Yeah, so so let's um, let's talk about the tour first of all. Uh, you've got Death Angel, and of course, Winds of Plague, The Agonist, and uh, I guess it's AZ, Azriel, I guess is how you pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, Azriel. Azriel. Um, how did the package come together? Are these just bands that you really love? Is it just sort of explain the whole thing? Well, just so people who don't know, it's like, okay, Devil Driver decides that we want to tour. Um, we, you know, we talk to the agents and, and they put it out there to other agents and say, you know, who's available, who, who wants to go out on the road. Um, and as soon as we started getting submissions, uh, I started seeing it really, really come together. And there was either, you know, one out of two or three bands that we were going to go with uh, for sure for main support. And when I saw Death Angel come across the table, I went, OK, great. This is going to be a great package. The first thing that I look for is diversity in a package. I don't I don't want to put together six bands that, you know, all resemble each other in sound and in look and et cetera. So when Death Angel came across the uh, across the board there, it was like, OK, let's start here. Devil Driver, Death Angel, and then we heard that that Winds of Plague was looking to go out, that that uh, the Agonist was looking to do some stuff, and Azrael was coming over here from Australia. So I was like, okay, you're going to be over here. This is perfect for you guys to open the slot, and that's how the bill really got put together. But the way that I put together bills is 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 just that. It's got to be diverse. It, you know, every band's got to kind of be different from one another. That's the most important thing. Yeah, and that that's great for the fans too. And that's sort of like you know the last time I spoke to you, I was telling you before at Heavy Montreal. That's that's what they do. They get that nice diversity in there. Um, in terms of your own performance, is it going to be diverse in terms of the song selection? Are you sticking to more of Trust No One, or sort of what are your plans for the for the show? Well, I mean, with Devil Driver being around, how long we have? There's certain songs we just have to play. And the songs that we have to play come in, you know, in the number of like eight or nine of them, you know, Clouds Over California and End of the Line, Not All Who Wander Are Lost, I Could Care Less. People who are really familiar with Devil Driver will know those tunes. But for us, what we wanted to do to make it exciting for ourselves and, and others is not only put together a good package and bring out, uh, bring out good production for Devil Driver, but I wanted to put together a set list as well that would resonate with the fans, but give us uh, some moments, of exciting moments on stage playing something different. So, like, for instance, we put in Cry For Me Sky from the first record. We probably haven't played that in about 10 years, maybe maybe a little bit less. Um, uh, we we put in a new another new song from the new record. Uh, so, you know, we, we added Grin Fucked, which uh, you know, we have probably not played that song in, in at least eight or nine years. So 
we've put in some other tunes as well. And I think that's going to be that's going to be really cool for the people that come out. Yeah, I think it is because at some point, you know, when you get to a level, and I don't mean to, to to denigrate Kiss, but our band like Kiss, where it's the same fifteen songs for fifteen years, that's got to be born not only for the fans but for the band. So it's nice to hear that you're bringing some stuff back, so people go, "Oh, okay, I haven't heard this before." Um, right. Do you get? I guess you don't get bored from playing the songs at some point. You, you must always find some kind of. I mean, I, I don't. I don't. You know, and this is this is funny. Like for people listening that are that are not in music, this is a great conversation to have because you, you know, I, I talk to a lot of band members and other bands. Like, you know, well, what do you feel about playing this song that you played for you know fifteen years, twenty years? And it's like the the fans want to hear it. It's it's almost like if if you go to a Devil Driver show and you don't hear Clouds Over California not all who wander or lost or end of the line, people are going to walk away probably pissed. Even if they've been, you know, six, seven, eight, nine times to see us, those are some of the ones we got to play. So we got to watch out for that. But, you know, you got to slide in some other ones that people haven't heard in a long time, not only to bring them out, but when they get there, they're like, hey, cool, I saw them, you know, a year and a half ago, and now this set list was different. So that's very important. And, and it's also interesting to have the band rediscover their own songs, and, and you go, oh, no, I, I, I don't remember how, you know. Um, let me talk. Yeah, yeah, you're totally, you're, you're, yeah, you're right in that. You're, you're totally yeah. correct in that. We we had rehearsals last Thursday and Friday, and um, on our break from rehearsals, like eating lunch together or whatever, me and Mike were talking, and I said, you know, Mike, like if we have time to come back in the states, which I don't know if we're gonna, so everyone should know if you want to see Devil Driver now is probably the point. But if we do have time to come back in the fall time, um, wouldn't it be cool to do a tour like where we we play songs we've never played before, so we could actually say to people, hey, look none of this set list has been played. And then that's when he brought up to me, oh, dude, there's certain ones you have to play. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it evolves later on down the line. But we're we're looking to put in, you know, all sorts of stuff that, that people haven't heard, especially later on this year. Yeah, I love that. Um, I want to talk to you about Devil Driver and the brand, uh, not necessarily the band, but the brand. Uh, you know, you were, of course, in Cold Chamber before, and it did very well, and it was very successful, and you had a, a very marketable brand. How difficult was it for you to switch in or out of that band into Devil Driver and then build that fan base up? Well, I mean, anytime you start something new, right? right. I mean, whether it be a band or a new business, you're going to have those those ups and downs. I think the people that hung with me coming out of Cold Chamber um, were probably the heavier side of, of that listening base. Uh, and was it a difficult transition? No, not at all. I mean, everyone who knows me has known that I've always been into aggressive music and, you know, have have grew up on old punk rock and old aggressive heavy metal, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm influenced by that stuff as much as I am, you know, Bauhaus and, and the cure and Susie and the Banshees or specimen and, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, for me, my musical range is so diverse and look, it was, um, it was me saying, I want to start something new. And obviously there was going to be some work in it. Now we look back seven records later and, you know, I don't know, we started in 2002. So do the math and, you know, and it's still on par, it's doing well. And, you know, the record came out, number 16 on Billboard charts, like our highest debut we've ever had and sold more records than the past one. So we must be doing something correct. Um, and there's been a lot of conversation about that, too, because we were just at rehearsals like, you know, what what is it we're doing correct? I think, look, we're just we're keeping to ourselves and we're doing what we do best. We're doing what we want to love, what we love. And I think people people see that, you know. And and it it brings him to Devil Driver really. Yeah, and 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 I you you strike me as a guy who might have had that fear of coming out of of that brand and go okay, but you 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 rise to the occasion, which is 
very, very, you know, special and unique. So that's, it's, it's good on you. Now, it's 15 years, of course, of Devil Driver. Uh, any special sort of 15th anniversary things planned other than this tour? You know, I haven't really had time right. <laughs> to look back. I mean, to have, to have like anniversaries like that, 15-year anniversaries, what I'm not really looking back. You've got to take time to look back in order to have those things. Like, nothing special this year other than let's get out there and tour on a, a record that debuted very high for us. And, you know, let's go play some music for, for the fans of Devil Driver and, and give them what they want, which is, a, which is a live show that, you know, goes off 110%. I mean, that's, that's really where we are. I mean, if you've heard Devil Driver but never seen us, I mean, that's, that's really our ball game right there is the live show we always say if you're going on after us you're going to pay if you're going on before us we're going to make you pay like we are the kind of band that goes out with a you know a strict mindset when it comes to the live show um, yeah you know, in and fact, then to get back to go ahead well i was going to say i've had the pleasure of, of hearing you and of course seeing you live um talk to me a little bit about how important the live show really is because you know we keep talking about record sales aren't what they used to be and downloads and blah 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 but it really is, we're at this stage where if you suck live, I mean, you're done. So you're how done. important is it you're for done. you? Yeah, if you suck live, you're done. And there's nothing worse than, than seeing a band that you hear on record over and over, and then you go see them and, you know, they suck. Or, or the only thing that's moving, the only thing that's going off is the, the production they brought, the light show they brought. So, no, we have a very intense uh, show where, you know, I, it's, I would say it's, you know, half punk rock the way that it is. Uh, we go off live and we deliver. Uh, and I think that's very important uh, for a band. And so, yeah, and especially nowadays, like you said, you know, downloading record sales, such and such. Uh, you know, if, you're, if you're not coming out live and, and doing it right, you're not going to last very long. That's for sure. You're not. And it really is sort of the only way to, to build a fan base. And you have to get out there and you have to be very... Um, methodical on how you put together a show because you know it's, it is yeah it's yeah very true and like listen I'm, I'm a very private cat right but what I do have is social media to reach out to people and it works for me so I get on you know say Twitter and I do like one of those gift polls you know I do a poll like you know I've seen Devil Driver you know once or twice I've seen Devil Driver three times to seven times I've seen Devil Driver seven times to ten times or you know see you know D I've never seen Devil Driver and it's incredible the people that came back. It was like they've either seen us like seven to ten times or they've never seen us. And it was literally like, okay, wait, how many people follow me, you know, on whatever, you know, on Instagram, 40,000 people. It's like half of you have never seen me live and the other half of you seen you, you know, seen me ten times. And so my wife made the comment to me. This is like a week ago, actually, that I put that I put that out there just for fun. And my wife made a comment to me. She's like, well, that's incredible. That means you're doing the right thing. That means like everyone who sees you once is coming back and those people will tell the other people that have never seen you. So, you know, we must be doing something right. And, and um, the band is just firing on all cylinders right now. Rehearsal was incredible. Uh, you know, we're laughing, we're having a good time. I mean, it's really, it's really kind of a, a, a great moment to be in Devil Driver right now, for sure. Do you want to capture, capture this moment for a live uh, album? We do. Uh, live records just don't really sell, and labels really don't want to put them out. I mean, right. they'll just tell you, well, look, just go to YouTube. There's every song live, which is true. Um, right. I want to put out a live record. I grew up with Kiss Alive. So, like, going back to you said Kiss, you know, I grew up with that record. And that, 
you know, just, you know, like looking over it every day, seeing people sitting in the audience, holding a kiss sign and, you know, hearing the fan and hearing the fans in between the songs. Like I definitely want to do a live record. Um, and I would like to do it, uh, of trust. No one. We've never played one record in there and in, in its entirety. And I would love to go out and play trust no one in its entirety and, and, and do a live record for that. So we'll have to see. I mean, look, I'm very fortunate right now. I'm, I'm with a working partner in Napalm records that, um, really like aspires to work alongside the artist. Meaning if I come with ideas most of the time, and I'll say like 90, 97% of the time, they're down, they're open for the ideas to do whatever. I mean, look, I brought, you know, I brought the new Cold Chamber record rivals, you know, over to Napalm and they were like, Oh, we love this, this thing. It's a monster record. And they picked up on it. So it's great to have a working partner that understands the things you want to do as an artist. You know what I mean? And they're also like, they're good with letting you be creative. I mean, unless I come up to them and tell them, you know, I want to wear a, you know, you know, whatever. I want to wear a donkey costume or this and that. I want... Then they'd probably step back. Okay, well, wait a minute. But as long as you don't come to them with insanity, they're usually really down with the creative efforts that Devil Driver is trying to do, whether it be touring or recording, um, the way we want to release or the first songs we want to release. They don't try to control the photos or the, you know, the singles or any of that. So that's a, that's, a great working partnership right there. Yeah, and there is a there is a fine line between creativity and insanity in, in a lot of cases. Uh, speaking of that, just in October, you had told Loudwire that you will be hitting the studio for something really special after the Hatebreed tour. Now, well, we're we're in that sort of time period. Is that still something that's going to happen? This 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 something really special going into the studio to record, and and if so, what is it? I mean, you know, I made a comment regarding that because which is funny because whenever i go home or mike goes home we're technically in the studio i mean i've got a studio here at my house i i woke up this morning and went down and wrote for you know two and a half hours so i had to go to you know my chiropractor before i had to go on tour and break my neck again uh, so that being said we've been in the studio since we finished trust no one doing something that's very special that's pretty spectacular i i know that it's never been done actually and, you know, other than that, not too many things I can really say about it. Um, but again, that goes back to, to speaking, you know, regarding Napalm. They, I came up with some idea. Um, a lot of people leaked out this, the, another thing, another idea, too, that I was like, wait, that's far from what we're doing. But if everybody wants to kind of be skewed on that, then it'll be good, a, a good cover for when we do come out with what we're really doing. But right. there's going to be, you know. A lot. There's a lot of work being put into what we're getting ready to do. Um, there's a a ton of A-list people coming in that want to record uh, alongside or with me on some stuff. So, you know, we'll, we'll really see what happens in the future here. But we're, you know, we're we're always in the studio. So to say, like, we're hitting the studio to come out with something spectacular. It's more like we're always in the studio, and when we're done working on what we're working on right now, which could be a year or it could be four years when it's done, it's going to be something absolutely spectacular. Okay. Yeah. And of course what people ran with, because you had sang a, um, a Jamie Johnson track, they were like, Oh my God, he's making a country <laughs> album here. There's a country <laughs> devil driver coming up. Um, yeah, right, right, right. Well, look, suffice it to say that devil driver is not doing, Country music, country. That's not happening. And I sing the, the Jamie Johnson stuff. I, I really, really love that cat. I think he's, 
You know, I listen to a lot of different music. People who follow me know I listen to everything from blues to black metal to outlaw country to funk. Um, I've got my ear to the ground. I mean, I know, you know, new young bands, you know, by the time they come up and get a deal, I've already been listening to most of them for a year. Um, so that, you know, that being said, yeah, when I walked away from that interview, I sung a country song, so I totally got it, you know. <laughs> yeah, the, the country album. Now, uh, you know, uh, the day that we're talking here, it's, it's January 30th, 1973, Kiss played their first ever show. And you mentioned Kiss Alive, which is one of the, I guess, three greatest live albums ever. Um, what did that album and band mean to you in sort of your musical formation? Was that sort of the, the, the you know, the epiphany where you went, ah, I want to be a rock star. Well, I want I think, to do this. I, I think the aha moment for me was like in, you know, third or fourth grade where right. my friends would come home and get, you know, a sandwich in their hands and sit in front of the TV. And I wouldn't, I, I went to my parents' record collection and started digging stuff out, like Steppenwolf, Born to be Wild and the Doors and, you know, the animals and like, you know what I mean? Like Rolling Stones and stuff like that. And that's what made me you know, I was always consumed with music. I mean, like hanging, you know, hanging the posters from, uh, you know, hanging the posters from records on my walls. And I was in the Kiss Army. And But for sure, when that record went out, it was like, you know, I told my mom, hey, go take me. And she took me and I bought that record and immediately put the poster on my wall and, you know, immediately joined the Kiss Army. And I just loved it. I loved the image and I, I, I dug the music. And the fact that it was a live record, um, gave me kind of, I it felt like it gave me an insight to the band. You know, I, I saw pictures of their fans. So like, I knew what they all looked like. Okay. Those are the, those are the kids that are listening to them right now, you know? And so cool. They're all one of us. Cause at that point, I mean, I had long hair basically almost all my life. So I was like, okay, cool. You know? And, and I started identifying with, um, with musicians and, and music crowds and people who listen to music. And, you know, my whole life has been surrounded by friends who listen to music and I've always said it to my wife. It's like, you know, even even when we were raising our kids and I had to go to PTA or go meet with other parents, it's like, man, I don't want to meet with them, man. They're weird. Like, they don't even listen to music. Like, their lives are consumed by, you know, other shit, which is, which is cool. But, like, they don't have musical preferences. Like, I won't even know how to relate to them, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a ton of people out there that, that are like me that are like, yeah, you're right, like, and I call them normal people, like just normal people that like just don't listen to music on a daily basis. Like it's real weird for me, you know. Yeah, and that's I, I, probably and which is weird. It's probably like fifty percent of humanity. <laughs> yeah, you see, yeah. I, I'm with you. I listen to music all day long. I mean, this morning has been nothing but Tigers of Pantang, and oh, rad! Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, you got to go old school, right? And, and yeah, and then of course, oh, yeah, well, we woke up this morning. Yeah, we woke up this morning, and she put on some old psychobilly stuff, and then I started the shuffle on old school punk rock, and then she started the shuffle on like a bunch of newer bands that that we're both listening to, and like it just like it goes the gamut in my house. You know, it's like it's rare if I'm if I sit down and actually watch an hour or two of TV. You know, unless it's like a movie, and I'm looking to shut my phone off and get the you know get out of the world for a minute. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I just, my whole life has been surrounded by music and musicians and music people. And I mean, I ran away from home and at an early age, I headed to LA. I was in bands. I, you know, I slept under bridges. I slept in rehearsal rooms. I, you know, I fucking robbed AM PM for money. I mean, for food, cause I had no money. You know what I mean? And like, it was like that, you know, it was like everything I could do, anything I could do, if I had to sneak in something, you know, to a 7-Eleven at two in the morning and get myself, 
you know, hot dogs. I was hungry and I was living on the studio floor. That was all I cared about because my band was going to be there the next day and we were going to rehearse. So I've always been consumed and obsessed with, with music and being in bands. I mean, it's just, that's the way it's been my whole life. Well, that is to the, life. De- to, the de- to the detriment of my parents, I should say. Only now that it, only now do they look back and go, "Okay, we saw your path." And I was like, "If only you would have fucking backed me instead of kicking me out of the house, it would have been a lot easier." You know what I mean? It'd be a lot easier to convert your fucking garage to a, a studio for your kids rather than see them out on the fucking streets or, or wind up in jail like me. You know? So you know. Yeah. Now that you mention that, though, how? sort of gratifying or rewarding is it for you to look back on the career and say, motherfucker, I was under a bridge and I was at the AMP stealing food and look at me now. I'm, I'm headlining my own North American tour. I've got trust no one that's been... I mean, how, how much more rewarding or satisfying does it make it? You know, look, we, I just did that. I, I just took my wife up to LA. We, a buddy of mine is in town. Like This goes to say, again, I listen to all sorts of music, but Excision is a good friend of mine and he was in down in town doing three nights sold out at the Hollywood Palladium. And I took my girl up and um, we stayed at the hotel where, where I was staying at the time making chamber music when I met her. We hadn't been back in like 19 years. And on the way home, uh, I said, hey, I'm going to take this detour here and I'm going to go down uh, to the end of, of Sunset over by Western and I'm going to show you, you know, something. And she was like, cool. And like we stopped the car and got out and she was like, you know, what's what are you showing me? I'm like, that's the AMPM that I snuck in to get food. And actually I call it Robin, but the guy was so cool that when I would come in, he knew we were all hungry little street rats and he would just kind of turn his back and let us take some food. And we would smile at the guy. So it actually wasn't, you know, it was him just kind of saving little street rats. But, and I pointed out, I was like, you know, I stayed under that bridge for four nights right there. And the third night I had to fight literally for my fucking life. So I think she got a grasp of it. And on the way home, she was talking about a lot of that. Like, doesn't it feel good, honey? I mean, look, at you. you raised a family, you, you know, off of art, look where you came from. I really got no time to think back like that. You know, all I know is from the day I could think about music, I've been consumed with it. And I backed my own play. Uh, and, and, you know, I, you know, if there's parents out there with kids, you know, that are into music, listening to this, you know, by chance, you know, do what I did. My, my kid came home at sixth grade and said, I want to be a drummer. It's like your worst nightmare. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, yeah. wait, you want to be a drummer? It's like, okay, well, A, I'm either going to, I'm going to have to buy the kit. B, I'm going to have to pay for somewhere for you to rehearse, or I got to put up with it at the house. It's like, it took me 24 hours to go buy him a full, full kit with a rack, put it up in his room and go jam anytime you want. The only time I'll tell you to turn it down is if somebody comes and knocks on my door, that's a neighbor. So you got to be really, really, really supportive, you know? Other than that, man, I look back on, you know, on a career that's filled with a lot of work and a lot of, uh, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of really passionate, beautiful moments, a lot of really painful moments. Um, but I keep my head down. I keep a very positive attitude. I love music and I love the fans that have allowed me to do this for so many years. And so I just, I keep doing it. I keep doing what I'm doing from my heart and people keep coming to the shows and keep supporting the record. So I'm, no, I'm I'm extremely pleased and and I'm very thankful, you know. Um, but yeah. that's been a thing about me, man. I've never I've never let the ego from being a, a singer in a band or whatever take over my life, man. And I live in a you know I live in a, a, a neighborhood where everybody hangs out. I come from a blue collar working class family, and the only time the ego will get to me is you know five minutes before stage when I get the microphone. That's when it's supposed to, right? You know, that's when it's supposed to take over. You well, know? you're supposed to psych yourself up for a show, right? I mean, like like a football player or or, or a hockey player or whatever who's Absolutely. getting ready for the big game. And, and that, 
totally. And, and absolutely. That's where that kind of like thing exists. Otherwise I haven't really had the time, like you said, like to look back or doesn't it feel good that this and that it's like, I- I'm going to do that one day, but right now I'm, I'm so looking forward, you know? Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll save that for the book. Now, of course, uh, I see we're running out of time, but just trust no one came out just under a year ago. Um, where are you in terms of the next one? Or are you just happy to let this one live for two, three years and don't bother me. I'll get to the next one when I get to the next one. No, man, because, uh, you know, I really, look, when I was growing up, you got a record a year from bands that you liked, you know? And, you know, that being said, it's like, I, I try to get a record out every two years with Devil Driver. Um, I think uh, it's only eight months old, eight or nine months old right now, trust no one. Yeah, it came out so, in May, May 2016. Yeah, so, yeah, so we've been writing, we've been writing and we'll, we'll see what happens. I'd like to get a record out every two and a half years or every two years if it's, if it's at all possible. And so would my label and um, so would people because I did, another, I did another thing on Twitter too. These polls are, I'm running away with them, I'm loving them. And I did another poll that said, you know, from my favorite band, I want A, uh, you know, a record every year, B, a record every two years, C, a record every four years, and D, you know, a double record. And it's like everybody wanted either a record every two years or wanted a double record, which was a trip to me. So, but yeah, we try to get a record out every two, two and a half years, and we have been writing um, constantly. Like I said, I mean, me and Mike write daily. I, I wrote two songs this morning, one, one of which, of course, that I wrote, I think, you know, is definitely spot on to be, you know, either the opening one or, or second on the list for sure. That's great. And uh, as we run out of time, let me just ask you, uh, in terms of other musical... By the way, pro- I think, I, by, by the way, I think, you, I think you got about five or ten more minutes, so we're good. Oh, okay, yeah, they said 25, so we're at, we're at 25. But uh, in, just cool. in, in terms of other musical endeavors, is Devil Driver the focus from sort of here on out, or do you see yourself going back with another band or starting a new project, or you know, where do you see yourselves in terms of just career? Right. You know, I see myself uh, just doing music. I think right. my focus is music. My focus is music. And music in my life here is, in my world, is Devil Driver, is Coal Chamber, uh, is Born of the Storm that I did with Mark Morton, uh, is, is some other side stuff that I've been working on for, you know, like a year and a half, two years. There's, there's always music to do. Um, you know, I even did a thing called High Desert Moon where it's like I play Native American flute and uh, there's all sorts of spoken word on it and stuff. And I'm um, I was brought into the Coyote Pass clan, uh, in, in, with the Navajo in window rock. So by proxy, I'm Navajo. And so, and, and I, I released that and that got, uh, that got picked up by this movie high school. And there's a song in there called peyote coyote. So for me, music is just, it's all over the place. It's not, you know, and I, I love those artists that can do, you know, multiple bands and multiple things with their life. I mean, I respect guys like, you know, Corey Taylor, for instance, who does, you know, Slipknot, Stone Sour, like, you know, Danzig, he does Misfits, he does Danzig, he does all sorts of other stuff. Like I've always looked to, you know, Ozzy, you know, he's doing Sabbath, he's doing Ozzy, he's, you know, and so I look to the dudes who, who kind of can, can do different things, but music's all around me, man. It's important for me to, to, to not limit myself by anything that I do for sure. Okay. So, so then at some point, uh, cause you know, you, you just mentioned Cold Chamber, they are on hiatus. You do say maybe think that somewhere down the line you get a call, hey, let's do this again, or maybe not? Well, I'm, I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 it's something I don't, I don't think about. I mean, if, okay. it, if it comes around, I mean, look, I talked to Mikey the drummer today, and I talked to Nadia today, you know? It's not a matter of, 
no one's talking or any of this. It's just a matter of like, you know, what do we want to do? When do we want to put stuff together? What, what do we see for the future? You know, how, how is everybody? You know, um, we went out with that record. The Rivals record did really well for us. A band come back after 12, 13 years gone, debut where we did, and then have sold out shows all over the world was magnificent, right? So, um, but that band, you can't push that. That has to come when the magic is around, really. And that time, it took 13 years. Let's hope it doesn't take that long <laughs> ever again. You know? you know, you just sort of mentioned that it comes when the magic is there. Is that sort of how you see putting together records, even Trust No One and the Devil Driver stuff? Like, you can't just sort of lock yourself in a room and say, okay, I need 10 songs, I've got an hour. Let's... Is that sort of how you work in terms of putting together material? Yeah, definitely. And, and if you do do that, if you lock yourself in and go, we have to be done with this because we're under contract, but we're uninspired and we're, you know, it's obvious that we're uninspired. All you're going to do is kill yourself, kill the band, kill the project. You know, people are going to hear it. Um, that's why people love Trust No One so much. And that's, that's why it debuted so high is because people could feel the work in that record. When you right. hear Daybreak or you hear Night Sky, you can feel the work in it, you know, and I think that's important. You've got to be inspired to make art. Art is not uh, collateral to be, to be based off of money. No, See what no. I'm saying? You, you don't go in and do art uh, for money. You go in, you do art because you're inspired, and then if, if something comes of it and you can pay your bills, then you're stoked, you know? Yeah, I fully agree. Now, I hear the, the chimes in the background. That means you probably have another interview coming up. So, Des, a great, great pleasure. Always, always fun uh, to have a chat and, uh, you know, continued success. Great, man. Thank you for talking to me, and thanks for the support, and, and uh, hi to everybody out there listening. Go pick out Devil Driver, and we'll see you out the shows. Yep. Cheers. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Bye-bye. And there you have it, folks. My interview with Dez from Devil Driver. The new Bound by the Road tour is going on, so please head over to DevilDriver.com for more information. And while you're checking stuff out, please head over to Twitter and check me out at Mitch Lafon. Am I a T-C-H-L-A-F-O-N? You can also find me all over the place on Facebook, Instagram, and all those wonderful things. Uh, there you go. Au revoir. Arrivederci. Auf Wiedersehen. Goodbye. Bye for now.